0: back to the Women of Marvel podcast. I'm Ellie Pyle. And I'm Judy Stevens. Glad to have you back, Judy. How are
1: you? I'm doing pretty good. Continuing my puzzle life as I forever work on puzzles. (laughs) What's the most recent puzzle? I just finished a Mona Lisa one, which was actually incredibly hard because I don't know if you know, but the Mona Lisa has a lot of black on her as a painting. So very, very cool. Yeah. That was my 28th puzzle, by the way. I've done 28 puzzles since November. Okay. Do you have a special one picked out for 30? Oh, I don't. Oh, that's a good question, though. I'll, I'll have to check back in with you Okay, so you know what I continue to do. I feel like 50th would be my struggle. While I'm doing puzzles, I'm also staying updated on things happening on the TV, and I have been loving Marvel Studios' WandaVision.
0: I have also been loving this show. The first two episodes were in black and white, which was super cool and reminded me of my childhood watching Nick at Night and the actors are all so good it's so much fun but of course one of the coolest things about it is the costumes
1: yes oh my god the costumes especially as each episode we get a different decade and a different time period for you know both Wanda and Vision and and as a cosplayer seeing how the wardrobe is evolving from the sitcom fashion to the present day is just so (laughs) awe-inspiring So I had an opportunity to chat with the costume designer, Mayas Rubio, about her career designing through the decades and what's to come in WandaVision. I am so excited to hear all of this. Let's take a listen. Hi, Mayas, I'm so excited for you to join us today.
2: Thank you, Judith, it's my pleasure to be here.
1: So we're talking across continents, which is kind of amazing. But before we get into the nitty and the gritty, I want to learn a little bit about you. You know, how did you get started in costume design?
2: Well, I, I started in a place that most people don't come from film school, which is uh, Los Angeles Trade Tech. It's a, it's a professional uh, community college. And uh, I needed to expand my uh, notions in more artistic ways for film and, uh, and costume. So I did some extension lessons at uh, UCLA. I got my first job on a movie called Old Gringo. The great Enrico Sabatini was the costume designer. And after that, I became very avid about costume uh, learning. And I found my way just uh, working in every category of the costume department, from uh, PA to become a costume designer, finally. It took every step of the way to, to get there. I didn't jump from you know, set customer to assistant designer. I did every single position. So it's been a long way. It's been a long way and uh, so much work and dedication, but uh, I'm very happy now that I took that role.
1: Well, you've worked on some phenomenal films over the years and a wide range of them. I mean, what is it about designing? You know, you've done period pieces, you've done fantasy, and, you know, what is it about designing those type of costumes that you love so much?
2: Um... First and foremost, uh, the time traveling that my career offers. Uh, one day I might be doing alien people and um, I might be doing you know, Babylonian costumes of uh, Mesoamerica cultures or contemporary World War II. Costume design offers a lot of time traveling, and that is why you never get tired of it. If you see the careers of costume designers, it's a career that doesn't retire at 65. I mean, you could, but if you have still the strength to be a costume designer, because it takes strength, it's, a, it's by far a very, very tough you know, job because it's so much work. But it's a work that we love to do. This is the difference. So if you get up in the morning and go to work to a job you don't like, it becomes a real, real job. It becomes a huge effort. My job is a pleasure because I, you know, I'm doing what I like to do and I get paid for it. So it's great.
1: I mean, that's, that's so good to hear, to be able to know that you go into work, especially being on set and in pre-production. It's, it is so many
2: hours of work. It is
1: yeah but it shows so well on the screen, I mean, especially when you see
2: the final product yes 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 it's a It's a lot of satisfaction when you see your costumes and how the director and the script envision it it's really it's really great. It's an incredible feeling to see you work up there already done and it's there forever
1: no, and now you're embarking on sort of a new world for Marvel Studios with the series on Disney plus especially with WandaVision. You know, obviously, when you tackle a film, there's a specific process, but was the process a little different for you with a series like this in multiple episodes?
2: Yes, it was. It was uh, because it's not only about bringing to the table your knowledge of periods or your knowledge of, you know, American sitcom or your taste or whatever is. I mean, a project has many layers of uh, intricacy, it's so interesting. The story is, is just uh, is is being woven with a strategy, and you know, you really needed to all your brains, all your dedication to really understand it and uh, and to make it work. Because in but you know, in one episode you will have so many nuances of the other episodes. So how was this possible? It was possible because our director Matt Shackman. And the writers, the writer Jack Schaefer and our creative producer uh, Melly Levanos were so good in communicating. And we were so happy for that because it's not that you go, sometimes you go you have to work and say, oh, we're going to shoot this. It was so well explained. And we had many, many meetings of communication to better understand and comprehend the nature of this project. Very, very intelligent, very psychological, wonderful project. You know, it has another flavor from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this is what it makes it more interesting to me.
1: Well, so you mentioned the decades thing, and you've worked on historical pieces before. What was it like designing for each time period as you went through the episodes?
2: Oh, it was a delight. It was a delight, it was wonderful because I had freedom and uh, the uh, creators trusted me so much with it. Also, I had the input from the artists, uh, you know, Paul Bittani and and, uh, and Lizzie, who's an incredible artist to work with, very, very engaged, very uh, involved. So it was, it was amazing, it was amazing to work, because it was part of the American television fashion, which is not reality, but it's so much fun. It was so much fun to uh, recreate everything. We started in black and white, and uh, so we learned a lot about shooting in black and white you know, especially with tones of grays or tones of, I mean, what tones of grays are gonna, the ones that are gonna translate into the, the real colors? I mean, vice versa. What colors are gonna are gonna translate into the grays and the uh, blacks and whites? And very interesting what we learned, you know, we learned about red and gold and uh, they become gray. And every time that we bought a fabric, we have to put, our telephone on a black and white filter just to see that fabric was going to work. Little tricks like that, you know, it was, uh, was interesting.
1: Yeah, I always remember that iconic photo of the Adams Family set from back of the day. And it's all in purples because that's the best way that they made black and white film. And I was like, oh, I never even thought about what the set would look like. But yeah, Yeah. colors are the way that our eyes see colors and the way that cameras see colors in black and white is so different. Yeah,
2: they are. They are. And contrast is very important if you want any definition of on the uh, on the prints. And women's fashion
1: is so uniquely different than men's fashion and men's wear. Like, what was it like designing the two unique looks uh, as you watch Wanda and Vision go through the decades?
2: Well, you know, it was also part of their input. I mean, our fittings were very long because they wanted to try on everything and they wanted to, to find all the possibilities to get it right. It, it was a, a, a proper preparation for this, for this uh, project. And I'm grateful to, to Marvel that allowed me to have that.
1: Did you use vintage patterns? Did you use vintage stores? Like what was the process of like actually finding these pieces for them to wear?
2: Well, um, I designed them and I made them. When we did uh, Liz's pregnancy dress, I used a, like a period fabric that it was only 30 meters there. And that was it. So I had to make it work, and uh, I designed the costume. I, des- I we we designed most of the costumes. Uh, I would say uh, we were at the drawing board a lot, 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 lot. Yes.
1: And. There's also an iconic image, you know, you guys helped create in the Halloween episode where Wanda and Vision are wearing their sort of comic hero costumes. Yeah. What was it like making, you know, Wanda's red outfit and Vision's, you know, yellow and green outfit?
2: Well, imagine imagine if you're having a nightmare that you work in Marvel and you're trying to make incredible costumes and then turn out like that. So... That that was like the thing that I mean, I think uh, our producers embraced it so much with that like uh, like bright yellow and the green and the and the very, very bright red and uh and pink stockings for Lizzie, just like it was drawn in the in the uh, 50s, 60s. It was lots so much fun. I mean, to see to hear all the oh wow. On the set, all the every time that the costume walked in, and everybody was like, "What? That was, that's crazy!" And you know, <laughs> it was really great.
1: I know, you know. So I I do cosplay, and I go to conventions when when conventions are on. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that iconic Wanda outfit has been an outfit I've seen at cons for so many years. You know, <gasps> what does it mean for you as a fashion designer to know that like the outfits that you're making are Going to eventually go to conventions and people eventually. are going to wear them.
2: <laughs> it's going to be uh, some conventions, I think. Yeah, hopefully, I think it's going to be so much fun. I, I embrace that a lot. This is incredible. Yeah, I think they're going to be and they, you know, because they're so simple. These two costumes is like you can make it at home almost <laughs> very easily.
1: And another fierce woman that's going to show her face on the show is Monica Rambeau. Can you talk a little bit about costume designing for Monica?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's, um, her costumes are going to be crazy. That's all I can say, because especially when she lands in the 70s, she's embracing all the groovy of the 70s and belt bottoms. And, and I can't say any more about the pants because it's a big, big, big surprise about that. Kiona was so involved in the costumes as well. She is uh, one of the most serious actors that I ever met in dedication and taking serious her character. She is full-on Monica Rambeau. And she did it so greatly. She elevated this character. She's a very important character in this show.
1: Yeah, and she's a very important character to the Marvel fans. You know, she... I know that fans are very excited to see her and sort of see the costumes and also what she does in the show. So, you know, one of the interesting things about this show is it, it's kind of like a, a six-hour-long film. You know, how was it for you making sure that every episode with the costumes melded into the next episode?
2: Yeah. I had a great collaboration with my assistant designers, Joseph Feltus and Danielle Celon, these wonderful young men helped me throughout so much, and um, because it has it has a lot of a lot to catch up here. I mean, we couldn't leave one thread out because then it becomes a a crooked woven piece, and uh, so they never let anything off the wagon. And they was it was a great help to have their brains also into the script. And The intricacy of what it was coming and the advanced schedule, yeah, it was great. So, that was uh, a great help I had, yeah.
1: I mean, I uh, having having those uh, different people on the side to help you, yeah. Uh, we've had opportunity to interview other costume designers, and just and also, I've had the opportunity to you know be given tours of costume shops, oh, and I'm yeah. always amazed by okay. the amount of people in the shops and how they're all the work they're doing from the age of dyers to the to the people cutting out the fabric to i mean it's it's such an amazing workhouse to see it all come to
2: to life exactly they give you all the ingredients to cook the best uh the best costume so why not doing it right yeah i mean especially in the 1950s and the 1960s oh yeah the, the
1: idea of polyester really hadn't uh hadn't really become a thing yet exactly
2: exactly no, no, it was all good. Fabrics. very beautiful. Do you have
1: now that you've worked on all these decades, do you have a, a favorite decade to design for or design
2: from?: Um I would like to design a 1920s. Yeah, I love 1920s. I love all the first quarter of uh, of the 20th century. I think it was superb fashion yeah forties also beautiful I've done that in fifties, so I think I need from thirties to nineteen hundreds is something that i, I miss and that you know I crave because I love those periods very much
1: oh i do too i love victorian yeah
2: uh, into
1: ed into edm and uh, yes. yeah, yeah. I, titanic is the is the my, when I first discovered that I liked historical costuming. Because I ended up having my mom make me a dress that was from the 1912, so uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that's where I got my cosplay. I see friends. you have a
2: mannequin there. You really saw. I mean, it's it's great. Is that is this your studio?
1: Uh, it's my bedroom, but uh-huh. uh, I I I do some sewing in here. Yeah. Uh but but yes, I do really enjoy sort of making cosplay, learning, learning how to use different fabrics and work with different seams. Yeah. And just, exploring all the different things and i think that's the one thing about historical costuming that's so interesting is that it it really does explore the shape of the human figure because and i think that's what's so interesting about women's wear and men's wear over the over the last you know hundred and so years is that Uh it really has evolved the shape and how how we see women and men yeah
2: absolutely it's very interesting It's, it's a culture by itself i think fashion it's often regarded like uh like a luxury uh, hobby to regard fashion history, but it's a cultural. I think it's cultural. It's anthropological. It's cultural, and it's is on us because we cannot go naked. We never been naked around the world from the get go. Maybe first we had before, but uh, it was. Uh, it's something that uh, it's so good because it's it's natural to be covered, but it's natural to look good like the Majan culture, they had, they had to look good for others, not for themselves. And that made uh, an obligation on everybody to look good. So it was like, uh, you know, almost like mandatory. You cannot go out of your house, it's not looking excellent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I even now, even now, when we're mostly on our zooms, we're still somewhat. Some of us are trying to yeah, still put yeah, clothing on. Tough half yes, tough yes, We off. try a little
2: bit. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Otherwise, you know, everything's lost. Right? We just let ourselves go. I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if you look at the history of fashion over the years, and I and I this is so true in the decades, is that uh you, you mentioned specifically how sitcom fashion is kind of like is kind of fictionary fashion, but yeah. it does showcase the type of people that we were. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that it
2: rings true. That's the power of the uh, television, right? To like uh, put into our brains is like the sixties look like that, then the seventies look like that, and the, like the eighties like that. So it's uh It's funny. Well, I'm excited to
1: see all the different pieces of history. So, you know, one of the things we like to talk about here is uh, advice for, you know, young costume designers out there. Uh, You know, obviously you started down as a PA and worked your way up. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into the costuming industry?
2: Well, never assume that you are ready for the next position, just because you have spent so many years there, you have to feel uh, the need to move up, but also acknowledge and know your limitations. And don't try to jump into something quickly if you're not ready, because as soon as you go up, you can go down very quickly. It's better to have a really good preparation, very good preparation and very good uh, work ethic. Get there earlier than anybody else Live later than anybody else. Uh, Complete your list every day. Complete, make a list. I used to have my wardrobe tags and, and just draw from the top down the goals. And as I was working, I was like crossing it off. And then if you have finished that, help other colleagues to achieve their ones. This has been a staple in my career and have been helping me Merely because, you know, it's achievable and we should, we should, we have an obligation. So concentrate, take it serious. Uh, You know, it's a dedication. It's very, very tough career, very tough because of the hours. And uh, uh, now the safety laws really protect you from hazardous materials or you know, hazardous situations, they have been a lot more strict about it. But, you know, they were, back in on those days, it was a little bit more loose, you know, like uh, carrying so much weight is not actually good for you, you know, you would resent it later. I mean, of okay, it's part of a job to carry, and it, that's the uh, drill. But also, there's, there is more safety now. And I'm very grateful for that, for these future generations. But those future generations have to work hard. They have to concentrate harder and they have to like really earn their cape. It's a very challenging, it's very competitive. It's a very competitive career, but if you don't have the basis, then it's not gonna get you anywhere. Yeah, so be prepared. That's the motto.
1: I mean, that's very good advice. I I'm definitely working in film and TV, you know, first on set, last on set, yeah. you know. Yeah. Do what you need to do to climb the ranks. And, and you two may end up designing for a show with multiple decades.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been so amazing. Thank oh you so much, Oh my gosh, you are so sweet. And uh, it's, it's, please know I love this project. I enjoy every moment of working on it. I'm very, I'm very happy to be part of it.
0: Thank you so much again to Mayas Rubio. I kind of want to go back and rewatch the episodes now to see those inspirations come to life in these costumes.
1: Right? I mean, it's just so cool to hear, you know, to talk to Mayas about her, you know, references to the callbacks. I mean, even just designing costumes for black and white is so uniquely different than obviously designing for color and having to like look back at like old hollywood shows and how they used to do it
0: but whether in black and white or color the wandavision costumes are stunning you can see all of them every friday on disney plus until next time this is marvel your universe women of marvel is produced by rebecca seidel zachary goldberg and alexis williams along with me judy stevens and
1: angelique Crochet. our development manager is brad barton and jill duboff is our director of audio special thanks to Maya rubio